That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska! People ask me, were you, uh... You know, where you, where you must have been the class clown. And I say, uh, no, I wasn't. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, Feb 23, 2022. And this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hello, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 401 of the Biden-Harris administration, 258 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. All right, I've known today's guest, Cliff Schecter, since the earliest days of Blogosphere 1.0, when we both wrote for the Huffington Post, and we've been pals ever since. And whenever he's on my show... Oh, man, my job becomes a thousand times easier. No one's better at hammering Republicans and promoting Democratic causes than Cliff. In fact, if you're new to the show, here's some advice. Go to YouTube right now. Pause the show, then go to YouTube. Search for Cliff Schecter, Cleta Mitchell, MSNBC. You will not be disappointed. But be sure to come back and listen to the rest of the show, right? We talked about Cliff's Twitter fight against Glenn Greenwald, the situation with Russia and Putin's uh, Republican fanboys. Democratic Party messaging, and a whole lot more. Cliff's podcast is called The Unprecedented Podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast. Link in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. Meantime, if you like what you hear today, think about signing up for our bonus content at bobseskashow.com. All right, here's me and Cliff Schechter. Bob Seska plays more music. So are you watching like all of the DC and Marvel universe things? Are you following that shit? I know you follow Star Wars uh, because of our yep, mutual I, friend I Mark follow, and stuff. Yeah. Yep, but no, we were like you know, especially having two boys. Like we, I mean, I'm not saying we're 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 are we an episode behind right now on like Boba Fett? But we watch all, you know, like we, we'll fall behind here and there. But you name it, yeah. Hawkeye, yeah. Boba Fett, Wandavision, we watch all of it. We have love you, it all. Have you seen Peacemaker yet? No, I haven't, and, and and I'll admit I did not like that Suicide Squad movie. I really? It was, it, it, yeah, I guess I seem like I'm weird that way. I thought they tried to be Deadpool, <laughs> but didn't really 
pull it off. But everybody keeps telling me that Peacemaker is awesome, so I'm going to watch it. It is. Now. It is. I have it. You know what? I kind of sympathize with your point of view, at least initially, because I was unsure. I mean, I'm coming from being kind of a Zack Snyder fan. I like the Zack Snyder movies in the DC universe. Yep. And I thought, okay, well, now we're taking these characters and we're kind of making fun of them with uh, the Suicide Squad. But then I right. really got into it. Then I really kind of let go of that and thought, you know what, this is an interesting direction because it's now like they're going hard R with the DC Universe now, which is, again, I like that from at least... I like a, that too, right? Yeah. I dig that about about uh, about the Deadpool stuff, which I love, yeah, yeah. and he pulls it off so well. So, you know, and I think sometimes you're right, like just re-watching it mm -hmm. is, what I, is what I need to do because I'll never forget when I saw the first Avengers, you know, like to me, Captain America and all this stuff was about these earthly creatures and then suddenly like Thor is flying in and out whenever he wants and <laughs> fucking people yeah. are flying through space and I didn't like it at first until yeah. I accepted like, let all that go. Right. And right. just... Don't have expectations, you know, so maybe that'll be the same with this. So if you want to talk about that during the show, I'm happy to, you know, I mean, I don't care about ruining this or that or, you know, it's not oh, we're, we're We're already started. We're we're underway now. So we're talking oh, about we, it on oh, the show Are we actually, now. like, so I'm on air right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I, am I, I don't remember if I'm allowed to curse or not. So uh, I absolutely. I You're fucking allowed to curse all you fucking want. Well, That's fine holy shit. Now. Hopefully I fucking learned to like the fucking Peacemaker better. Because I love all that Marvel DC shit, but I also love Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. I've always been, you name it, like I'm into all that stuff. I just, yeah. I, I geek out on that stuff. I love it. Action, sci-fi, mm -hmm. I can watch it over and over. I was really skeptical about John Cena. I wasn't, uh -huh. I, I haven't been a, a wrestling fan since like 1985. And so when it came to John Cena and being cast in this role, I thought, eh. And then I actually saw the performance, and especially the performance in Peacemaker. And now, like, I'm a big-time John Cena stan. Like, I, I think he was oh. so good. His performance is so good in uh, The Suicide Squad. But it's also exceptional in Peacemaker, even more so than The Suicide Squad, because Peacemaker adds far more depth to that character. And I think that's kind of the key. I mean, obviously, there's all the James Gunnisms in that movie. And coming from right. the, the trauma universe, he's really into the, you know, hard R, extraordinarily violent uh, storytelling. But at the same time, he really brought so much depth to a character that up until the Suicide Squad, I had no idea even existed. I was completely right. unaware. I mean, I think I vaguely recognized Peacemaker. I think from there was a Brave and the Bold uh, Batman episode that I think had Peacemaker in it. And so I kind of recognized him from there, but I didn't know anything about the character. In fact, most of the characters that you see in the Suicide Squad, I had no idea what they were all about. But once I actually saw the depth that was layered into the Peacemaker character in the TV series, I was fully on board. And then, you know, everyone's talking about the opening uh, dance sequence to the uh, theme song and so on, which is <laughs> really exceptional. Well, now, yeah. Now I'm going to have to do, I mean, you know, and I was been into this stuff since I was like a little kid, right? Like, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. And I have to throw this out there because it's important for anybody from Cincinnati to brag about things from Cincinnati. Um, and you may know this. You may not know this, yeah. Bob. But as a guy who came up through radio, um, when radio was the thing, there's a reason why they did WKRP in Cincinnati. This was always known as the Radio City. Yeah. Right? Like, so when, 
radio was that what dominated pre, in the pre-TV age. The first, you know, there's a reason why, like Rosemary Clooney, you know, George Clooney's aunt, mm-hmm. is from North, the, right across the bridge in northern Kentucky, where he's from, and she just went across the bridge and became this huge star because you know, this is where you made it in radio back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they had this huge Warner Brothers studio here. I, I am telling you this for a purpose. It's kind okay. of cool. <laughs> so if you Google uh, the Cincinnati Museum Center, you will see something that will look so familiar to you if you're a fan of the uh, of, of the DC universe and of, uh, of all of that. I don't know if you're doing it right now. If you're not, I can just tell you. Is it the Justice League building? Is that what yep. we're seeing the super, yep. from the Super Friends? Yeah. And it's exactly it. So basically, the Warner Brothers radio like headquarters was here in Cincinnati back when, they, again, there was such a thing, 40s, 50s, whatever, and it was across the street from the Cincinnati Museum Center. Wow. And so when they were trying to come up with a design for – um, the Super Friends headquarters, which again, I grew up, you know, I was a New York City boy growing up. I grew up on Super Friends. And so it was so funny when I moved here, I'm like, holy shit, that's the, you know, and people like, yeah, they were across the street. So when yeah. they started writing it originally, they started writing the Super Friends and all that. That's what they chose. They thought that was an awesomely sort of majestic design. So there you go. Yeah. And when you go inside, it's a big disappointment because Superman and Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, uh, you know, some of the no, other. No, none of them the are second. fucking there. There's They're not like, there. you know. There's like trilobites from like a billion years ago and, you know, all sorts of other shit you'd see in a museum, but nothing you can shake hands with and be like, I wanted to be you when I grew up. Right, right. Oh, God. All right. Well, you know what? You ended up in a shovel fight with Glenn Greenwald, so we got to talk about that. That was, uh, what, yesterday or the day before? I mean, he clearly, he never watched your Cleta Mitchell takedown. Otherwise, he would have backed away quietly, I think. Well, he did eventually. That's what's so funny about him. He, he, I mean, I, I honestly couldn't say enough bad things about him. He's such yeah. an utterly awful human being. He is. Uh, but, and uh, first of all, I'll give credit where credit's due. You, Bob Seska, one of the people, while a lot of people in the sort of liberal universe or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. were still saying, no, 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 Glenn, you know, he's, he's good. No, no, no. You were out there calling his shit out when he was dishonestly <laughs> sharing some of the Snowden stuff, yeah. you know, that he did, which by the way, at this point, I don't care who it pisses off. I just think Snowden at this point was an op from the beginning. He's yeah. a traitor and is, is under, you know, much like Assange is under Putin's thumb. And I was naive and stupid enough to listen to some folks on the left and give that guy the benefit of the doubt that being Snowden. But, but with Greenwald, you were even calling him out back then, you know, I started to, you know, uh, maybe the mid 2000 teens when it's, when he made started making his stuff more obvious uh, oh, yeah. that he was, sort of, but and post Trump, in any case, to bring it back to the present, you know, like when you knew somebody at one point in time, I mean, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but like, you know, I almost had a, did a book event with him in 2008 when the real McCain was out. Like wow. there was a plan for me, Paul Waldman, who people may know who now mm-hmm. writes for um, the plumb line at the Washington post yeah. and whatever. Uh, and Ariana Huffington and uh, and Glenn to all do a book event together. Wow, books that's like the most mid two thousands thing I've ever heard in my entire. Isn't life. it really like yeah. the mo- motley crew of people? I'm <laughs> glad that fell through. Yeah. but you know, like I was never close with him, but I was friendly enough with him. And whenever you were friendly, even and you know, it's tough when somebody starts, you start seeing them act a certain way to call them out initially. Mm-hmm. My guess is you probably had some challenges, or maybe you didn't with Lee Stranahan to take it. <laughs> <out of> <laughs> <laughs> did but, I have challenges with Lee Stranahan? Mm, let me think. Absolutely, did I have challenges with Lee Stranahan? Yes. 
Holy shit. It, Whenever that when, name comes up, because I completely forget Lee Stranahan, and then someone like you brings it up, and I'm like, oh my God, all of the memories start right? flooding into my head. Well, and I was friendly with him too. I just didn't have a show with him, you know, but I trusted him with stuff yeah. and, and, you know, and, and was burned by what, by what a fucking treacherous piece of shit he is, just yep. like Glenn. So, I mean, long story short, like, I held back on some of the toughest things I said at first. Mm -hmm. And then I finally am like, you know, it's still the same way I go after Democrats for their lack of messaging all the time. It, the same thing applies here. Yeah. When somebody comes at you with a sledgehammer, which Glenn does in every fight he starts, he gets personal, he gets nasty, he, go, he goes after people's careers, he goes after their relationships. You have to be willing to jump in the, the dirt with that pig in the spot that they're willing to get in or you're going to lose. <laughs> and I see again and again these liberal people engage Glenn you know, on Twitter, but try to do it playing by the queen's rules. And so I'm always like, I'm not going to when it, when, when eventually this asshole, cause I've, I've, you know, pointed out he's full of shit before. And I don't just do it to fuck with him. I do it because he's a liar and he's a, he's got a huge Twitter account and he's sharing mass disinformation. Yep. So I went in the other day, you know, when he did another one of his liberals are all blah, 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 blah. And I was like, to, to sort of correct the record, just be like, actually, what we've seen is we've seen the final kind of coming to fruition of the Buchananite version of the Republican Party yeah. from 1992. We've seen the the f Christian right, nationalist, isolationist, bigoted Republican Party that that wing always wanted has come together. And it's drawn from the far right and the far left, a collection, you know, of bigots and grifters like Glenn and mm -hmm. Tulsi. Gabbard and, you know, and on the left and, and, you know, Jimmy Dore, that fucking freak. And then on the right, you know, the, the yeah. Tucker Carlson's. Uh -huh. and, and, and so I, so I said that and I figured as usual, Glenn wouldn't respond, but this time Glenn decided he'd come back at me. Yeah. And I'm so happy he did. Um, so <laughs> he was like, Oh, well, Cliff, you're a tough guy, huh? You're going to, he's like, you will go and fight in Ukraine. You'll just go send, uh, you know. You'll just go send uh, your Biden send uh, working class kids, and so I, so I basically laughed in his face and was like, <laughs> first of all, I don't want war in Ukraine. The whole point is to prevent war. Yeah. I'm like, but hey, tough guy, can you step outside your house without your armed guards? Are you able to go to the bathroom without them? Can you? Are you? Are you allowed to talk to your kids without them? I'm like, how about you go over there, uh, take a step over there without your armed guards? I'm sure there's a there's a billion dollar check in it from Omidyar or or Peter Thiel, yeah. and he hates it when you bring up that the, what a whore he is. Yeah, that he tries to make everybody else to be that way. I I said maybe you'll get a bonus and it'll even be a landlord over there you can sue. I mean I went really into <laughs> dug into his dirt. I'm glad you at least pulled some punches, Cliff. Yeah, fuck that guy. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I I was a moment short of saying, and I didn't, but I was waiting for him to come back at me. I was going to be like, there may even be a 19 year old there you can find for your next husband. Oh my but, wow. Holy but I, but I, shit. I will go there yeah. because he goes after everybody else in that same very personal, <laughs> vicious way. So, no, I'm not pulling punches with him, no matter how nasty and mean and if people think I'm an asshole now. But it's the only way. And, of course, he then backed away. And I, I yeah. kept the whole night. This was two nights ago. I was getting on a plane to fly back. We went just to see my mom in Sarasota for a long weekend. My, my boys head off from school uh -huh. for a day. And it was hilarious because I, I, I was in the airport. And I said this, you know, offhand. I didn't think he'd respond. He did. 
And then I literally spent the entire night just ripping on him. It's a great because way to pass he, a flight, huh? You're on. The, yeah, you're it was fun. It was because I mean, all these people kept responding, and, and for once, like I was actually inspired by Twitter. <laughs> like Glenn, I thought all these trolls would come after me. Maybe thirty or forty did, and ten times that number piled on Glenn. Wow! Everyone jumped in and was ripping the shit out of him and calling him a, a Putin stooge and all these other things. So I just kept replying to it and, and sharing like evidence. And, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, Glenn thinks he's tough. And he's going to go. There's the last time Glenn got in a fight. And there's that that video of, that, of him getting in a fight with that Brazilian um, radio personality who slapped Glenn across the face and Glenn didn't know what to do. Wait, wait, wait. Hold like, on a second. I've never seen that. Glenn, was there video oh. of that? Oh, I'll share it with you right after oh, the show. I man, tweeted it I out. I'm like, I'm like, here's tough guy Glenn Greenwald, who will, who the savior of us all, or I don't know what I said. But <laughs> the key is if you get really sarcastic yeah. with him and you, and you dig right into where you know his deepest narcissistic injury is, his, mm -hmm. his, you know, because the truth is all of this bravado, <laughs> all of this stuff. If you know enough about psychology, you know it comes from deep down. It's like with Donald Trump. Yeah, massive deep insecurities you know, about yourself and all of that. And so I just pick right at that. Right. And I'm and sorry you know, people think that makes me mean he's evil. He gets people killed. I'm talking about Glenn now. He shares disinformation on vaccines. He, he's literally trying to get us into a, a fucking war. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not going to have sympathy for him. You know, I'm sitting here like a wise old grandpa who spent all of 2013 and most of 2014 relentlessly hammering Glenn Greenwald. I mean, I'm talking... Hundreds of articles. Yeah, I, I remember you deserve all the credit in the well, world when most people weren't doing it. But I, I feel like I've paid my dues, and now it's like that grandfatherly thing where I can kind of sit back and watch the next generation go after him. <laughs> like, all right, now I've done my piece. Now let's watch these other. Let's watch well, these kids going after Glenn Greenwald. You know, I, and I respect that. I just feel like, on some level, those of us who have larger accounts, and I don't even have a huge account, I got like 37,000 followers, but those of us who've got, you know, an account in the in the tens of thousands at least, a blue check mark so that people are going to see it, like it's our responsibility in much yeah. the same way I get mad at Democrats when Republicans will say something viciously over the line and will respond with, well, that was improper, you know, <laughs> or that was wrong and you should apologize, you should be ashamed or as if these people can feel shame. No, you fucking go right back at them. Yeah. When Rand Paul says something, you know, uh, I, I, you know, nasty. I don't say you should be ashamed. I say, hey, how was your neighbor's left hook? You know, like I mean, <laughs> that's what. Those are the kinds of things that these assholes respond to is humiliation. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and I'm sure. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Ronnie Jackson's tweet from today. Uh, the oh, I haven't yet. I've the gone, former I've, I've White House physician. In the past yeah, what, yeah. What do you say today? What, what do they call him? The Candyman in the Trump White House because he would just yeah. give out provigil and all these uppers to people, just like he was handing out just skittles. Give out all the drugs. Was drunk while he was on the job. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful man. He yeah. said uh, today on Twitter. The time has come for sanctions on senior officials in the Canadian government. If they have anything in American banks, it needs to be frozen in all caps. And I said, this is the dumbest goddamn tweet I have seen in months. I said, horribly dumb, like YouTube commenter dumb, ambient rant dumb, AI honeypot dumb, tiny motorcycle <laughs> ride to Aspen dumb, Charlie Kirk dumb. 
Wow. Can't, Just keep can't, going. Keep going. You're on a roll. Can't escape from finger cuffs. Dumb. Can't <laughs> can't figure out which way the ATM card goes into the slot. Dumb. Rush to the ER to remove Monopoly dice from his nostrils. Dumb. God, that's is, I mean I just it. you could just do this the whole show. Yeah, I know, but that's absolutely how we have to push back against these guys. You're correct. Because otherwise we're just going to be pantsed time after time. No, again, right. And, and I don't understand this is like to me the most obvious one of the more obvious things in human nature. I know a lot of these folks on, on the Democratic side elected officials in DC and and consultants or whatever are actually whatever you want to people think of them if you like them, you don't like them are very smart people, which is why I can't understand it. Because this is like, you know, this is Jane Goodall shit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's observational. Just sit there and watch as monkeys fling poo at each other. I know it's gorillas in the mist. I'm just having fun, everybody. But, but you know, like, the point being, you know, you, you sit there, it's almost an anthropological experiment to watch how sort of, you know, humans interact with each other. And what you get is, when you watch people on the right enough, it's really simple. Like they, they they lack any shame, and all they all they are going to respond to is when you punch them back in the fucking nose. Mm-hmm. I mean that obviously metaphorically in writing, right? You know, on on you know, and that's the only thing they, that that moves them, mm-hmm. which is why all the stuff about Ted Cruz and how he won't defend his own wife when she's called ugly and the Cancun thing are perfect. Because it humiliates this asshole, and he still jumps on Twitter and says stupid shit. But my guess is he thinks a little bit about it before he does. Yeah, and he yeah. does less yeah. damage than he would do. This, it's These are the only ways you can get to these people. I wish we were all at the Oxford Debating Society, and that's how this were decided. I'd be happy to do that. You know, but that's not the, that's not the world we're living in, and yeah. that's not the way you stop the Glenn Greenwalds and the Rand Pauls and the you know pick any lying shill that douchebag Andy Nago came after me the other day. You know, I mean, these are lying, dishonest, evil fucking people. They're traitors. Are we ever going to so, find out whether Russian money is flowing into the bank accounts of pundits like Glenn Greenwald, for example, Tucker Carlson? I mean, I'm just speculating that that might be the case, but. How else do we explain this enthusiastic backstopping of Putin at every turn, for example? Well, so I have to – some of them I'm absolutely sure it is. I mean, think about how easy it is. So you're Putin, right? Mm. You've stolen – you know, you and your buddies have stolen how many billion, multi-billion dollar state assets – Right. And, and, and got the got the stuff from their, their oil and natural gas and all this stuff and put money away in, in you know, in, in various banks. How low an investment is it? How easy is it to purchase an American journalist who makes oh, forty or fifty thousand dollars a year? Yeah. And you, you do it you through know, a it, front group or something like that. Like there's a middleman. There's a buffer somewhere between uh, Moscow and whoever's getting the money ultimately. And so maybe right. they don't even know. They don't even realize that they're getting money directly from Russia through these go-betweens. I don't know. That's my crazy theory. I mean, I'm absolutely positive of it. Yeah. Seriously. I would bet any. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Like we we already know that that uh, little Mister, you know, Megan McCain was paid thirty one thousand dollars by the Malaysian government. Wow, he was discovered. Yep. when he was bullshitting for them and writing articles. I don't know if he was still at the post or he'd been busted for plagiarism yet. There's so many offenses with little Mister Ben Dominic, but mm-hmm. but like he, he he was being paid by the Malaysian government. I mean, for them, thirty thousand dollars. Easy, right? Yeah. I mean, for Putin, Putin wants to put a million dollars in somebody's bank account. That's nothing for him. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so when you ask the question to me, I always try to look at people's motivations. Mm-hmm. 
when it comes to to Tucker Carlson, I'm not as sure unless it's just that money equals power to him. I think it may just be power yeah. and that he's he's literally a sociopath because you know, he comes from the fucking frozen food, the Swanson, you know, um, uh, you know lineage. And, yeah. and he's got, he has all this money waiting for him. And he's making, you know, however many millions a year on Fox. I don't think money is a need. Mm-hmm. With, whereas with Glenn, I'm, I, I, you know, again, I, I will be very careful to say so that I don't get sued that I have absolutely zero proof of it. Right. Me neither. Um, it's just, it's just pure I, speculation at this point. All I'm doing is yeah. speculating, but I'd be shocked if there isn't a trail somewhere that leads to a Glenn bank account. Oh, yeah. And you know who I know is absolutely taking Russian money? Lee Stranahan. <laughs> because he right. works He works at Sputnik, he for God's sake. He works at Sputnik and takes Russian money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's happening. And it's maybe in that case, it's more obvious. I mean, he's not hiding the fact that he works at Sputnik. But they don't spend a lot of time saying, oh, yeah, you know, by the way, Sputnik is operated by the Russian government. I just want to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right, exactly. That, that's I the mean, case. I don't know if you knew this. I mean, to me, a few of the funniest times I've had, once or twice, is when they sent me invites to come on their show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and like, uh, Gar- I, I Garland Nixon, I think, does the show with him. It, it may have been. I don't remember <laughs> who sent it at the time. But, like, I really should have I f- should have saved the email. Because I, I, I sent back <laughs> a long list of things I'd rather do to myself <laughs> than go on the show. I was like... <laughs> yeah. I was like... I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure I should even say some of it on air. You know, I'm going to say it. I don't care. I think I was like, <laughs> okay. I'd rather masturbate with a cheese grater. <laughs> I would rather, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I would I would rather beat myself over the head with large sticks I find in the backyard. I'd rather, I mean, I just want a, a long list of things I would do before I'd say yes. And shockingly, I never heard back from them. Yeah, it's amazing. They never wrote back to you and said, oh, you're booked. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, bring that list. You can read it on the show. <laughs> God damn. Exactly. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's true. I'll go back and try to find, hopefully, I think it, it's it's still in my outbox and I can find the long list of things I told them I'd rather do than, but you know, like, look, we all, I'll admit it, we all were fooled to a certain degree. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, these guys, this was the long play since Putin was first elected in 2004 and probably before that, you know, or 2000, was it? Point being, he had to step down for that one term because back then they could only run two terms in a row before he conveniently had the constitution changed, and he had what was his name Medvedev or whatever Medvedev, was the, yeah, was, yeah, was the was and he was the prime minister. Of course, he was calling all the shots. Anyhow, mm-hmm. you, you, you know what I mean. But like, um, but this was always sort of their long play. So some of us they wanted to get voices from the right and voices from the left criticizing, you know, everything in the middle to destabilize the United States. And so, you know, when Tom Hartman, and I'm, I know that's why he left when mm-hmm. he realized it, had a show on RT back around 2010, 11. I went on that show a few times. Yeah. You know, I mean, back then I, I just, you know, it, none of that was obvious to us yet. Right, right, right. Yeah, and in fact, Ben Cohen from the Daily Banter, uh, now called The Banter, uh, thebanter.substack.com, who's been my editor at The Banter for like 10 years now. He used to go on RT quite a bit, uh, just as a guest. And that was about the same period of time before anyone really realized that RT was a Russian propaganda front. And so, well, right, just the way I go on Tom Hartman's radio show, his syndicated, nationally syndicated radio show, I went on his TV show, which just happened to be on RT. And, you know, obviously, as time went on, it became more obvious what was going on there. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, and certain, you know, news personalities left and called them out on the way out the door, yep. you know, and, and other stuff. But, but it wasn't all as obvious early on. And, no. I, you know, I'll take the hit on it. I mean, I was just being a bit naive. I wish yeah. I hadn't been. A lot of that changed in 2014. Um, early in 2014. That's when Putin went in and annexed Crimea. That's when the entire Ukraine situation began. And it was right on the heels of Edward Snowden, which I believe was stage one in Putin's you know, full frontal attack uh, on the West, I think started with uh, Snowden and then moved on to Crimea. And then uh, there was a whole series of events that collapsed from that point forward. And you will find that prior to 2014, you don't find a lot of American politicians bad mouthing Russia as being a serious enemy. And then suddenly Crimea happens. And that's when everything changed. That's when we start to learn things about RT or Sputnik or what Putin's up to as far as cyber attacks inside the United States, his influence campaigns and so on, which we saw big time uh, in 2015, just a year later, starting up for the presidential election into 2016, obviously. So that that was the little round table at the RT. I mean, you couldn't have a more perfectly suited table. You know, at, at RT, the oh, yeah. RT Gallo or whatever, and then having Mike Flynn and having Jill Stein. I mean, mm-hmm. all both ends of the horseshoe, both <laughs> yeah. sides he was playing. Yeah, yeah. The well, far right QAnon nut, the far left anti-vaxxer, whatever else you want to call her, like, but both agents of chaos, you know, yeah. to, to undermine the United States. That was the game, and that's the game they play in, in or, or, really all around the world. Is it pure coincidence that Putin's doing this again after an Olympics. I, I brought this up just as a joke on my show yesterday. I said, why does Putin hate the Olympics? Because in 2014, that's when he invaded Ukraine and annexed Crimea. And then right now, on the heels of another Winter Olympics, that's when he's going into Donbass and and, uh, and taking over that territory. So what the fuck? Why does Putin hate the Olympics? Well, that's interesting. I wonder if he, but no, but there may be. I mean, I don't know if it's coincidence like- or what. Yeah. Or does he feel like so much media attention is taken away by the Olympics? That could be that it, that that you you know the coverage will take longer to arrive there. I mean, I don't know. You know, the, the fact that you brought that up and I never thought about that. He doesn't <laughs> do things accidentally. I mean, he's yeah. a vicious, evil motherfucker, but he's he's quite smart. Unlike the, the his unlike his puppet he installed here for four years. So yeah. I mean, you know, to me, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that 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 if he did stuff, it was on purpose and maybe that's it. It's all about where the media attention is in the world and, and the rest. Did you watch his video remarks the other day? And if so, did you notice any parallels between that and a Trump rally? It wasn't in front of a crowd of people wearing the same colored hats, but it was kind of a Trump thing where he was just riffing, just stream of conscious bullshitting, um, ranting about all of his grievances and his place in history. And it was really, uh, you know, I I don't want to say he's doing all this because he's nuts, but it can't be helping (laughs) that he's nuts too. And anyone who saw that video can verify that uh, Vladimir Putin's losing his spadoinkle. If it, if it wasn't already lost years ago, it's gone now. And it's uh-huh. uh, it's clear to anyone who saw that. Well, I can only start with appreciating the fact that, like myself, 
Bob Seska is an appreciator of using spadoinkle, which I really... <laughs> uh, credit I credit to Tra you. Trey Parker. Trey Parker made that up. It's yes, that's where I got it. I, I, Trey Parker, I worked, was where I got it, obviously got it from those guys. Uh, worked it into at least one or two Daily Beast columns so they did not cut it out, which made me really <laughs> happy. Right. I love to hear uh, that. Yeah, we got to yeah, spread yeah, it around. The editors have at least a few times cut it out. And I was uh -huh. like, come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> have a heart. Right. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, and you know, look, I did see that, and and he he hadn't sounded nearly as much like a raving lunatic in the past, mm -hmm. uh, in in that way. Yeah, right. Um, it does make me wonder if he's playing to a crowd or if he really is losing his shit. Mm -hmm. And obviously, when somebody who's got one of the largest nuclear arsenals in the world may be losing their shit, that's that's something to be concerned about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at the very least, he's deliberately adopting Donald Trump's style, in a sense, and crafting it so it fits with a Russian audience. You know what I mean? So maybe that exchange of ideas isn't just one way, from the Kremlin to Donald Trump's gigantic pumpkin head. Maybe there's some, you know, backwash going from Donald Trump back to Putin. Like, Putin's going, hey, you know what? Those MAGA rallies, that kind of works. Let me try that. And that... Yeah. Uh, I Hence like that, video right? Yeah, yeah. Can we find that many fat people in Russia who can show up and wear two size, two small T-shirts? And uh, yeah, in any case, yeah, uh, yeah. I, maybe you know, like, like maybe. But I mean, you know, what's crazy is is, and I brought up the sort of long game for Putin is how clear all of this has been. You may have read the other day, you know, that that officials are now saying that Trump ex fully expected that that when he was reelected. Mm -hmm that he was going to pull out of NATO, yeah. which is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I still don't think that others around him would have quite let him do that. But, you know, so when you see these, 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 you know, goblins like Hugh Hewitt, you know, <laughs> who I sometimes wonder when I see on TV, if he's going to start molting before our eyes, <laughs> but that's a whole nother story. Um, you know, when they start, to, oh look, there, was, there are no invasions while Donald Trump was in office. It was Obama because he didn't and, need you know, to do it. Putin and, didn't need to do it when he had a friendly government in Washington to deal with. Well, he, he it actually was sort of almost even beyond that. Yeah, is he didn't want to draw attention mm -hmm. to the fact of all the stuff Trump was doing. Right, right. He invades, then he draws attention to the fact that Donald Trump is doing everything in his power to disassemble all of these, the, the entire post-World War II order meant to prevent another, uh, another you know, Naziistic regime and, and another world war. Mm -hmm. And so if you've, if you've got Trump working all, you know, working for you, trying to do everything he can, uh, you know, all that stuff, we're like, huh, it's funny that protecting the Ukraine is no longer in the Republican Party you know, platform. I mean, mm -hmm. all that stuff were just breadcrumbs that all led to the same place. Yeah. And the reason he did not want to attack during that time is because, again, <clears throat> why draw more attention and have people speak out when you've got a guy and and people around him who are literal traitors working on undermining all these the, the entire international order, which is, you know, the EU, obviously why he supported leave and why he supported, you know, the, the dunderheads like Boris Johnson and why he supported uh, Le Pen, who thankfully didn't win in France. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this is, you know, and, but these other far right governments that did win, Duda in, in, in Poland and Orban in, in Hungary. I mean, mm -hmm. it's all about bringing us back to sort of a Hobbesian sort of world where anybody based upon whatever strength they have can grab whatever they want yeah. and split it up between them. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, he wants the old Soviet empire. Hell, he wants the old 
pre-Soviet Russian 17th and 18th century empire back. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and the way to do that is is to, to, to take apart the what, you know, the, the obstacles, which are the international order, all these international organizations. Yeah. And to, so Trump and, and the ghouls around him were doing that. And why would you invade then? Yeah, right, now right. we realize that 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 people were pushing back and putting some of those things back into place and reaffirming those relationships and all that. So yeah, here yeah. he comes. Okay, hold it. Don't nobody move. We'll be back with more Cliff Schechter right after these words. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. Who would have thought that baby boomer nostalgia would turn out to be so destructive in some of these cases? Whether it's the, you know, uh, people like Trump wanting to make America great again, which is basically finding a way back to like the 1950s white power utopia, uh, or Vladimir Putin wanting to return to, you know, the Soviet empire and and have uh, Ukraine under his control. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, obviously not all boomers, but what I'm saying is there are quite a few boomers who uh, love the past so much that they're willing to take extreme measures in order to uh, reincarnate it, right? Well, I mean, yes. And that's why, to me, that, that greatest generation porn, you know, I, look, the, the Band of Brothers was incredible. Yeah. And what those guys did was incredible. I'm not taking anything away. There were some true public servants, fucking heroes. My, my wife's grandfather who passed away a few years ago sadly you know but made till his 90s you know whenever people are like i can't wear a mask i'm like this guy was in the ardennes during the fucking battle of the bulge yeah in a big hole in the ground when it was like freezing cold you know like zero degrees he got shot twice and stayed out there until he finally had to be medicked out you know like so i'm not claiming there weren't amazing people back then but i think Mm -hmm. When you overdo the porn about that, first of all, the war part of it, that you need war for glory, but also the, hey, you know, when I when we saw Saving Private Ryan, there were some faces missing from that beach. Mm-hmm. Who were they? Yeah. I wonder. I didn't see any black, anybody black there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see anybody, I didn't see women there. There are a whole lot of people who were missing because we were a, a fundamentally unequal country. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other part about it is it makes it easier for the Donald Trump America first stuff and the Vladimir Putin when Russia was great stuff because when they're looking back to a time that when they viewed it socially, the social arrangements when we were great meant that that, that white straight Christian guys came first and everybody else was in line behind them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I do think that, you know, I don't think it was intentional. I get it. Tom Hanks is part of it. Tom Hanks is a liberal guy. You know, I don't I don't think that all of that was on purpose, mm-hmm. but I do think a little too much of the kind of glorifying of it made us forget some of the the unbelievably bad shit going on. And that while you're watching, you know, that invasion of D-Day, which still, again, I'll admit one of the more incredible you know, invasions of, uh, you know, in, in our in the history of the world and the bravery of those who went out there, not taking anything away from it. It was incredible. Yeah. At the same time, you know, it, it would be for it would be what, 13 years later until we desegregated schools and Brown versus Board. 
And, you know, you brought up a good point about the draft, and it makes me think about these truckers. It makes me think about all of the the screeching uh, about mask mandates and vaccine mandates, about how this is completely un-American. But can you imagine this current crowd of shirkers, mostly on the Republican side, although there are a few on the Democratic side, but not nearly as many. uh, Can you imagine these people? If there was a military draft, let's say that there was a situation with Vladimir Putin and he just started blitzkrieging across Eastern Europe and trying to retake all of those former uh, Soviet satellite countries. And and we wanted to push back. And then it, it turned into a gigantic uh, world war in Europe and we had to have a draft. Can you imagine those same people who were freaking their shit about wearing a mask in the grocery store or having their kid wear a mask to school for temporary periods of time. Can you imagine those people if there was a military draft in which the government compelled you, forced you to go into military service and to die, if not to die, if to, to be seriously wounded in that endeavor? I can't even imagine the colossal freak out for something like that. And uh, it just no, it shows I mean, the I, difference. I brought right? this up, uh, you know, this up a, a number of times, made that very point, used my wife's grandfather as an example. Mm-hmm. Look at what he went through. Look at what others like him went through. Look at what they did yeah. for their country. They didn't whine and cry tyranny and, and, and you know, and, and all that. I mean, and, and theoretically, they could have. Right. I mean, if anything, if you want to think anything's tyranny, your country saying to you, you must give up your livelihood, leave your family, go to some godforsaken place and perhaps die. Um, yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing where if you were inclined to, you might yell tyranny. Wearing a fucking mask or getting a vaccine the way we mm-hmm. always have so that things like polio and, and smallpox don't kill us all. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's always gotten me, you know, their definition of freedom. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the laziest sort of just most gratuitous. I mean, they're just, I, I find these gluttonous, gross people that are just not used to doing any little thing they don't want to do. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. I mean, give me a fucking break. That's <laughs> you know, all I can say. You mentioned uh, democratic messaging a while back, and I've kind of been developing this theory that I wanted to uh, see what you thought of. I have this theory that democratic messaging doesn't work nearly as well as Republican messaging, Chiefly because we're not a lockstep party. The Democratic Party is not, we don't operate in lockstep like the Republicans do. What's the saying that uh, we fall in love and the Republicans fall in line? Well, I get the sense that we're hesitant to repeat ideas posted by, for example, the president or DNC leadership because we, we'd we be seen as rubber stamping the party and repeating party propaganda. There would be like a a hipster backlash against that, yeah. or there already is for that matter. Um, am I way off base about this theory? Is it the message or is it the fact that uh, people who are generally loyal to the democratic party just don't want to repeat it for fear of being uh, labeled a, you know, a robot for the party. You're just rubber stamping the party. Well, I mean, look, you and I, I just brought up the fact how much I love using spadoinkles, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> when I write a Daily Beast column, I could probably write in half the time if I didn't sit there and take pride in the language I use. Yeah, you know, yeah. which is not saying, by the way, it's great. You can all read and make up your own minds and be like, "Cliff's a fucking moron," <laughs> uh, and perhaps I am. But to me, you know, being creative, being interesting, you know, in the, not just you know in the metaphors I use, the language I use is is sort of a point of pride and something that's important to me. Instead of just writing copy. I could do that for a direct mail piece. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is about um, 
So no, I think you're right. I, I the only this isn't a disagreement. I would just say there's numerous factors, and that is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not robots, you know. And look, I, I, what, I can take blowback for this. I don't really care. I don't think I'd take blowback from any of your listeners, but no, no. others out there, which is everyone's seen the studies. Everyone's seen the sort of like uh, on education level and whatever. I'm sorry. Democrats on average are better educated. Democrats on average are smarter. Democrats on average are more traveled. Democrat. I mean, I can go on and on and on about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so the truth of the matter is sure. We're going to be much less likely to just be drones and repeat what we read in an email sent to us or what we see on Fox news. And there's no doubt that's part of it, but, but that's only part of it. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. still the part of it where, where, you know, Rupert Murdoch lost, I don't know how much money for the first 10 years Fox News was in operation. He invested for the long term. And eventually they built an audience because you generally don't just build an audience right away. And he turned this into a behemoth that has really come relatively close to ending Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the fact that, w- that, that, our donors have been much more of the mindset of election to election. You know, we'll put in, look, I work on elections, so I'm not, and and I'm not complaining, please, you know, give money to candidates, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but these, I'm talking about these large donors, you know, who will come around, oh, dump money in a super PAC, but you're like, then the race is over. Mm-hmm. They, you know, where are the, where are the lasting, like, where's the lasting infrastructure? Media Matters is awesome. Cap is awesome. You can find a few others like that. They can't just do it on their own. Like there's 57 different centers for American progress on the right. Yep. There's Cato and there's the Heritage Foundation and there's the American Enterprise Institute. And I mean, you can go on and name all these, Manhattan Institute, all these crazy fucking things. They're all incredibly well-funded. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do that. We don't We don't spend the money on, on constantly pushing our message out. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll just say it now. I mean- if I'm on the Democratic side and I'm a funder, I'm one of these guys sitting on a billion dollars, I take a look at, and I'm not just saying this because I'm here, but I take a look at Bob Seska's podcast and I say, you know, you've built this audience and my guess is you've not spent one dollar in, in, in advertising. Uh, you'd be uh, correct, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'd say I'm going to put $100,000 behind Bob Seska's show and let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. all these other sort of, you know, not all these other because you have a uniquely good show, but there's a dozen, two dozen, three dozen other really good shows. I'm going to put money behind all of these. I'm going to put money behind, you know, nascent efforts when it comes to to YouTube and, te- and you know, whether it's YouTube, whether it's a TV show that could be expanded, whether it's nationally syndicated shows like a, like Stephanie Miller, who we both go on and yep. others that still wouldn't hurt from having investors say, here's a million dollars, use it to expand the platform. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like that kind of stuff. And that's the stuff that pisses me off is that we've mm. never never even tried to build the distribution system that they have. Yeah. You know? And then I'd say, I won't go into detail on it, but the final thing again is the, is the sort of niceness, politeness factor, the, Oh, there they go again. Mm-hmm. Those crazy Republicans. Hey, they just said we kill live babies after they're born. And they saw a video of Planned Parenthood showing us do it. Oh, they're just, they're just shameless. Yeah. As opposed to yeah. listen, motherfuckers, if you're going to say that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff, then guess what? We're going to tell people about you. Mm-hmm. We're going to come mm-hmm. fucking directly at you. Mm-hmm. And that's, so to me, it's, 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 there's probably more I'm missing, but I think part of it, is, you're right, is we, that we can't help is that we're actual critical thinkers. But I would tell you that even on that part, I don't hear, and I don't know, I'm going to guess you don't, 
from I don't have talking points being constantly sent to me in the way that I should be. I'm not invited on calls. I mean, if they believe I'm an influencer, maybe I'm not. But if they believe you're an influencer, if they believe there are people that have large enough audiences who host shows right for for outlets that people read and all that, they should be reaching out to all these people and trying to get them more more talking points. And I just yeah. we've just never been very good at this. Barack Obama admitted this when he left office that it was his biggest mistake. And there are a lot of us who were complaining about this while he was in office and said, hey, dude, you've done a lot of great stuff. You need a better way of telling people about it. Yeah, yeah. And coming directly from him, I don't think would have worked. I don't think that would have been nearly as effective if there had been some sort of conduit to get the message to, as you were saying, people like us, to podcasters, to bloggers, to influencers on social media, and so on. That's the way the messaging should actually work. And It needs to go yeah. that way, and it needs to seep into the average person's mind because the truth of the matter is, like it, don't like it, doesn't matter. The reality, the mm. world we live in, is a lot of people end up going who you may, you may call them low information voters, call them whatever you will. They've got busy lives. They're not paying close attention. And if they hear just a couple things you know, break through that are good or bad about one part or the other, that may be enough for them. Yeah, yeah. And we don't do that. Mm -hmm. We just don't do that. Right. I mean, again, there, you know, I pointed this out the other day. Like, I love these big think pieces on, you know, like, how is it that the Democrats have had such trouble winning in the, in rural areas? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, how is it that Al-Qaeda has been able to influence its adherents? I mean, Fox News is essentially, it, it, it is a, a propaganda organ, a radicalizing propaganda organ piped directly into the homes mm. of people in rural areas who don't have the countervailing influences that people like you and me have that are not seeing anything outside of Fox News in terms of their media. They often haven't gone to college where they'll have learned about different places. They haven't traveled. They haven't done any of this stuff. The kinds of things that make you a more open-minded person. So they, and, and often they're older and set in their ways, another group of people. And so of course, like when you're when 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 one side is piping this propaganda directly to them and we are not answering, mm -hmm. just not answering, you suddenly see places where we used to lose in rural areas by 25, 30 points, which was which was the kind of loss we could handle if we won big in certain cities, so that Pennsylvania and Michigan would be safe and we could still win in Ohio and Florida, you know, whatever. And then suddenly we're losing seventy-five to twenty-five or eighty to twenty mm -hmm. in these areas. Oh They're yeah, fucking yeah. destroyed. And, and you know what? Yeah. That, that's why that's why I push back against this notion that we should ignore our political enemies and just cross our fingers and hope they disappear. Uh, the don't look up thing, basically. And yeah, it is. Of course, it's insane. And I don't understand where that comes from. But I think it's necessary as step one, as an ongoing process, maybe even to push back against that idea to say that, yeah, you know what? Donald Trump, irrespective of how fucked up he is, is the leader of the Republican Party. And our elections are binary. And so if Donald Trump's Republican Party ends up being successful in the midterms, we are screwed. We have two choices, the Democrats or this weird mutant Republican Party run by Donald Trump. And so 
decide. <laughs> decide which one you want. Right. And if you want to stay home and let the weird mutant Republican Party led by Donald Trump, if you want to let them take Congress and impeach Joe Biden or continue to pass these don't say gay bills, maybe at the national level and all the rest of the monstrosities that they're responsible for, then just feel free to stay home because you're well, sick and tired right. of politics I mean, and you don't want to say his name. Books. Yeah, right, I can't right. Think of any, I can't think of any imagery we could pull out of people burning books that might sort of, you know, pass in a negative light. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. I mean, hell, just go get the just go get the footage from fucking the movie Footloose if you need to. If you don't want to go Nazi. Um, I mean, let's. We should be telling people everywhere that the, if the Republicans win, they won't be allowed to dance anymore. That's what we would do if we were them. That's and right. by the way, we don't even need to be them. Yeah. As I've said so many times, we just need to tell the truth as aggressively and as loudly and without apology as they do with lies. Yeah. And we will beat them because the truth is almost all of the time they're wrong, they're stupid, they're counterproductive. And I even learned new shit that I didn't know. I mean, there was a people were showing a graphic the other day of like of all the jobs created since what was it, nineteen ninety two? 96% of them or something have been under Democratic presidents. Oh, yeah, yeah. How the fuck did I not know that? How has my party <laughs> not shared that with me? The other thing I think of, too, Cliff, whenever we have this conversation is we've been saying this since... 2004, 2003, yep. 2002. We've been talking about this for a good long time. And you know what happens when it actually gets executed? We end up dominating elections. Remember 2006? Uh, oh, I two, do. 2008? I, I was just mentioning the other day. 2008, Barack Obama won Indiana, for God's sake. Fucking yep. Indiana <laughs> went blue that yeah. year. Uh, 2018, these are all election years in which we said, you know what, fuck it, we're pushing back. We're taking the gloves off on this. And then we come out successful. Shocking how that happens. Right. And that's the thing is, there's no reason we should ever not be doing that. Right. It seems like the times that, that we're able to do that, it's because two things are going on. We have a massively charismatic leader, I mean, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama are two of the best communicators of the last century. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's start off with that. It, and, and, but then it usually is a combination of that and they've so fucking discredited themselves. They're like, it's in the heels of like things like Iran-Contra and like huge deficits and, you know, and, and huge uh, um, economic decline and fucking storms they ignored in new orleans and you know i mean and and the failure of iraq it's like we we need the combination of them being such utter fuck-ups which they are and us having this charismatic leader for that to happen and it shouldn't take that and that's where all the lack of aggressive messaging aggressive distribution of that messaging that's where it kills us yeah is yeah, yeah we'll still win elections you know, we'll still win some of them, even relatively big. Mm -hmm. And we'll still win even when we have a leader who's not like some huge charismatic, you know, like in the case of Joe Biden, mm -hmm. who is a likable guy. And that was a good thing. And that was definitely helpful. I wrote, you know, full disclosure, I wrote my firm wrote ads for him. And in ads that we wrote, we played that up. We knew that was something about him that, that was going to play well. Yeah. But he didn't have the soaring rhetoric of a Clinton or an Obama but what he did have is a nice guy who was competent and had experience with like one of the biggest fucked up clown shows on the other side. And even though, even when you look at it, the truth of the matter is 
Joe Biden, whatever people said, did actually win. If you look in the historic, compared historically by a landslide, yeah, um, it still wasn't the landslide it should have been, as we know. Yeah, if and people in the rural areas were not so fucking brainwashed as they are, and all the stuff that we just talked about. If we messaged in the way that we should have, that you're looking at a at a LBJ Goldwater sixty forty type landslide. When we decide to do that then we're always successful. When we decide to actually vote, <laughs> we're successful. And the other thing I was going to say, too, is with Joe Biden, he's governing just how he ran, as a nice guy, a guy who can reach out to those of us who've been affected by the mass death in this country, a guy who is going to have a competent administration, and then suddenly, when he becomes president and actually governs that way, 55% of the country is like, who the fuck is this? Who voted for this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand right. this. Like, where were you? What's going on? It's like with Virginia. You know, you, we came out of that Virginia gubernatorial election, everyone thinking, oh, my God, it was all about CRT. It was all critical race theory, and that's why uh, Terry McAuliffe lost. And then we fast forward to the latest poll numbers showing that only like 25% of Virginians actually want critical race theory banned in schools, despite the fact that it wasn't even being taught in schools. But that's the case. It's like there, <laughs> there's also this. Well, that's another, and to me, again, that's another failure of our messaging. Yeah. And I, you know, I was saying that at that time, so I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not being the, 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 the guy, you know, who, who's just looking back and say, I, you know, I know, I knew everything, but what was driving me crazy is Glenn Youngkin, you know, like fucking awful person, but he reminded me so much of, of our current, uh, and retiring U S Senator here in Ohio, Rob Portman, who's this just vanilla, boring ass. Like he's the whitest. He's like fucking cocaine on top of snow on top of white rice on top. I mean, and, and yet the, that, so you can't go to people and be like, he's Donald Trump because they're not going to believe it because his personality is completely different. Mm -hmm. And Glenn Youngkin is a similar thing. Like he comes off as a kind of likable, reasonable guy. What you needed to do in that election, what we need to be doing in all these elections is doing what Republicans do. You'll notice they go after Biden, sure, and Hillary still, and and you know Pelosi, but they go after the Democratic brand. They say Democrats, blah 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 blah, mm -hmm. liberals, blah 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 blah, right? Mm -hmm. And and we don't do that. Yeah. We don't say we we're we're, we're too scared. Like, well, uh, we may offend a few of them. Most of them will get what we're saying, and if they're at all reasonable, they'll vote for us. They're not going to like walk away because we said something that offended what their what party they used to identify with. We should be constantly pointing out that it is the Republican Party that does this and that, and it's the easiest thing to point out in the world because it's like, why are we going to Donald Trump, who was no, you know, sure mentioned Trump as part of a panoply of of people, but like. Look at who's in office right now from that party. Yeah. Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Jim Jordan, Madison Cawthorn, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Louis Gohmert, Jim Jordan, Gosar, <laughs> Biggs. I mean, I could fucking go on. This is mm -hmm. all off the top of my head. They're, they're a collection of fucking lunatics. It's like they let the sanitarium out. I mean, who you know, defines it, those people as being serious leaders? I mean, serious people for serious times. I guess we've just completely forgotten that as being a qualification so if you want for to public be office. And I'll just say quickly, you should have pointed out all of them. Yeah. Here's who the current Republican Party is. Glenn Duncan may sound like a nice guy. Oh, this is what this is who he, this is his party. 
This is what he wants to do. He's He will do this and start pointing out all of the crazy shit and all the bills these people proposed and that they fucking attacked the Capitol. That might have been relevant in Northern Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredible to me. Yeah, and then people are about to put them back in control of Congress. It's just staggering. Sometimes, man, it's so hard to not get cynical and disillusioned about the status of the American voter these days. My God. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. I agree, but again... It's American voter, but still some of this is on us right. for our lack of telling them. Exactly. Reminding them. The podcast is called the Unprecedented Podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Patreon.com slash Unprecedented Podcast. Link in the description under this episode at uh, BobSuska.com. You can also follow Cliff on Twitter at Cliff Schechter. I got a link there, too, in the description. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, talk to you again uh, next time, and good luck. Always a pleasure coming on, just like All talking right. to an old friend. Yes, absolutely. Okay, talk to you soon. Yep, take care, buddy. All right, bye-bye. It's 2 a.m. and you're up again, again. my bags, I just checked in. Said I call as soon as I can. Another city, another town. Doors almost ending with three shows. Need to sit up, grab a beer